Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zivi Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Here's a little snippet by one of the authors from the anthology. My name is Shelley R. Johannes, and I'm so excited I got to contribute to Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids Anthology. My essay, I Am Not Broken, Today I'm Okay, is about dealing with chronic illness. What I really don't have time for is getting sick so that I can binge Netflix and hide in bed. Sarasia Fennell and Zakia Jamal and Christina Ariola are contributors to Wild Tongues Can't Be Tamed, 15 voices from the Latinx diaspora. Sarasia, who is the editor of this collection, is a Black Honduran writer and the founder of The Bronx's Reading. She is also a book publicist who has worked with many award-winning and New York Times best-selling authors. She sits on the board for Latinx in publishing, as well as on the advisory board of people of color in publishing. She lives in the Bronx with her family and dog, Oreo. 
Zakia Jamal, was born in Queens, raised in Long Island, and currently resides in Brooklyn. In other words, she's a New Yorker through and through. She holds a BA in English from Georgetown University and an MFA in creative writing with a concentration in writing for children and young adults from the New School. She currently works at Scholastic as the Senior Manager of Social Media and has been published in Romper, BuzzFeed, People.com, Thought Catalog, and more. Her nonfiction essay about her Cuban imposter syndrome is published in this anthology. You can find her on Twitter at Zakia and Jamal. Christina Ariola is a reader, writer, and editor based in New York City. She's currently writing, working in books marketing, but still loves to recommend books on Instagram and Twitter. From March 2016 to November 2019, she was the senior books editor at Bustle, and she ideated, assigned, and edited thousands of interviews, cover reveals, excerpts, reported features, essays, and more. During that time, she served as a judge for the 2019 PEN America Open Book Award. In fall 2021, an essay of hers appeared in this anthology. Welcome, everybody, to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm so excited to be with all three of you here today to discuss Wild Tongues Can't Be Tamed, which is edited by Cerecia Fennell. So welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Yay. Okay. So three different amazing women here who wrote three phenomenal pieces, and Cerecia also orchestrated this entire collection. Theresia, why don't you start and talk about not only why you decided to bring all these essays together, but also what your essay is about and how you brought in all these lovely ladies. Yeah, absolutely. The idea for this collection came together sort of during the time of the 2016 election, where there were just lots of, you know, commentary about what the Latinx community, also the Black community, and just so many various other communities. And it just seemed like there were so many stereotypes and myths that were constantly being perpetuated. And so that was sort of the starting point for me. But really, my entire life, I feel like <laughs> I haven't seen the representation across the diaspora. There's always one type of Latino or Latin or Latinx person that is in the forefront, and they never look like me. They never sound like me. They never come from a place that I come from. They're usually not Central American. And so I started to think, you know, who can I pull together to sort of tackle some of these myths and stereotypes to subvert them? But who are also the voices that, you know, aren't traditionally published, but that I know personally, like these two wonderful ladies here who have very specific experiences that I feel like lots of other people, you know, adults and teens have as well, where we, you know, grew up not really necessarily feeling as connected as, you know, other people to their specific Latinx heritage. And so I'm a Black Honduran and my essay and Wild Tongues Can't Be it's called Half In, Half Out, Orbiting a World Full of People of Color. And that title for me is very specific because I grew up, I was born in Brooklyn. I grew up in the projects there and it was a very diverse neighborhood for me. So all of the people that were already around me were people of color. And so, you know, it wasn't until I ended up in foster care and I was placed in an affluent, you know, white family's home that I really noticed like, oh, there's there's a larger world <laughs> outside of my people of color bubble 
And, you know, living with, with that wonderful couple really started to raise lots of questions, right? Like I was going to a school where it was predominantly white students. And so, of course, questions on the, on the playground are like, where are you from? Why is your hair like that? Or why do you talk like that? And so it was just all these various different things that were being thrown at me. And it sort of got me to, you know, ask questions and figure out where do I come from? And so that was my, you know, first experience with figuring out that I was different from other people in the world once I was, you know, removed from my environment. And then when I landed in the Bronx, which is, you know, one of the most diverse boroughs in New York City and is very largely immigrant, Hispanic, Latinx based. And folks just automatically assume like, where are you from? And, you know, my cousin is is Puerto Rican and Honduran. And at the time she answered for, for me, she was like, she's the same thing as me, Puerto Rican and Honduran. And so for the longest time, I went around telling people that, but, you know, my mom's like, actually, you're not Puerto Rican. Like her dad is Puerto Rican. So you're actually not Puerto Rican, but you're Honduran, you're black and like hear all the things. And so I started to ask all of these wonderful questions and really start to feel more connected to my culture and, and my family. And even now I find myself still asking questions about certain traditions or like certain food, certain practices. So it's a really a life, a life learning experience for me. It didn't just, you know, stop when I became an adult. Like I'm still constantly asking questions. And I think for me, you know, I wish that there was an anthology out like this when I was growing up, something that I could turn to and read, you know, while tongues can't be tamed where it's like, okay, here's an essay about mental health in the Latinx community. Here's an essay about alcoholism in, in the, in the community. Here's an essay about, you know, suicide ideation. Here's an essay about not feeling, you know, Latinx enough, you know, here's an essay about, you know, claiming Latinidad, but not being able to speak Spanish. I mean, there's, there's literally everything in this collection. And that was sort of intentional because we, even though, you know, people lump us together and will put us into the same bracket, we each have so many different experiences. And so I thought it was really important to showcase that, you know, like Christina is from Texas and, and has like, you know, wonderful, you know, rich connection with ghosts, which I'll, I'll let her speak about, but then like leaving home and going somewhere else and, you know, trying to navigate and figure that out. It's almost a parallel to what I went through, even though I was still in New York city, it's like leaving Brooklyn and, and leaving my bubble and then going into, you know, this white family's home and then going into the Bronx and being in this different environment where we're constantly seeing things reflected back at us about our culture or about the community. And then we're questioning, like, where do I fit in, in there? Like, where, you know, where's my experience? I don't see anyone who looks like me or who sounds like me, or, you know, I, I'm not Honduran enough because I don't know all of the traditions and all of the practices. So, you know, it's just various questions that I had for myself, but as I find the answers, I'm trying to record those things so that I can pass them down to my son and, you know, any future kids that I have and other family members so that we know where, you know, our, our history comes from so we can define who we are. We can decide what parts of, you know, the Latinx culture we want to keep and the parts that we want to change, right? Because there are lots of things in the community that... <laughs> 
don't, you know, don't sit right with me. The fact that like, we don't talk about certain things, you know, like queerness or, you know, mental health. Like there are all of these things that's very taboo that we can't talk about in the community, but I want to break those stereotypes. I want to break those myths. And I want people to know that it's okay. Sometimes it's okay for you to go up against, you know, the the age old family family way right like we don't have to keep those secrets we don't have to feel shame if we want to seek therapy and something other than what is traditionally pushed at us right wow so <laughs> so much so much to say in response to that first being your essay and the image of you like sitting on the edge of that couch like what were you doing like biting your nails or your skin or there's some like repetitive gesture you were making waiting for your mom to call and the call is getting farther and farther apart and feeling like you've been kind of like set adrift in this family and latching onto the one friend who you finally found a connection with and then being uprooted again I mean oh my gosh I was just like it's amazing how much books in general people's stories can make you feel and that essay just, I just so felt it. I was just so there with you and you lived through a lot of stuff and it's just amazing. The whole thing, it was really fantastic. But so I wanted to say that. And per your point on diverse perspectives and queerness, like the essay by Mark Oshiro, by the way, was amazing. And I've started this habit, which is, <laughs> maybe this is, I shouldn't even admit this, but I read the books I'm reading now out loud to my kids because they inevitably fall asleep. <laughs> Oh, I love that. <laughs> but they got really into these essays, which is the problem. So then they weren't falling asleep. So anyway, because it was like, how you know, there's a seven-year-old kid and my daughter's like just turned eight and she's like, oh, now he's eight. Now he's nine. You know. <laughs> anyway, so, but I loved his perspective and, you know, coming into his own and, you know, his identity in so many ways and, oh my gosh, beautiful. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a fantastic awesome. piece. It was I a agree. Fantastic piece. <laughs> Okay, so you guys have been quiet and, you know, patiently waiting your, your turn here. I feel terrible. Okay, Zakia, your essay was also amazing. Okay, tell everybody about you and your essay and, and everything else. Sure. So I'm Afro-Cuban. My grandma is from Cuba. So when Cerise asked me if I wanted to be in this anthology, I was like, yes, of course. So the essay I first wrote was really about my grandma and like her journey here and growing up in Cuba and then moving here. And I love that essay because I got to really sit down with her and talk about her experience. And I learned a lot about her history. But Cerecia, being the great editor that she is, was like, this is great, but this is not you. Like, this isn't your voice. This isn't like your story. So I really appreciate it because I think, and even her saying that to me, like I had to sit with that. And I was like, you know, why did I feel like I couldn't tell my own story for this essay? Like I felt like, you know, my grandma had a more authentic story because she was like actually from Cuba and like she speaks Spanish. So I'll tell that story that I was like really scared to kind of write my own. Cause like, I was like, you know, people obviously don't really look at me or look at my name and like think I'm Cuban. And so I was like, do I have really the kind of, story that people are going to want to read in this like Latinx anthology that's all about being Latinx and so from that idea of like just feeling like I wasn't enough I started writing my essay which is called Cuban Imposter Syndrome and it's really about how I've struggled with this idea of not being Cuban enough so it kind of starts with me being in high school and there's this guy in my school who's Cuban 
And like, he's kind of shocked when I say I'm Cuban. And like, that's an experience I've had throughout my life, but really also coming into my own and figuring out what being Cuban means to me. So yeah, it was very hard to write. But like I said, thankfully, Saricia is a great editor. But she pushed me through and I'm really happy with it. And I think this is really the story that I needed to tell. I feel like this is just the beginning, right? You, I feel yeah. like you have a whole book in you. Teresa, you got to get on that. These should all be books. <laughs> yes, yes, right? yes. Yeah, so Definitely don't let... telling people, pull more, pull more. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, the image of you like on the schoolyard feeling completely unaccepted by someone who shared part of your heritage. It was so, I mean, all these things are so hurtful and alienating and how you even felt sort of dissociated from your name and how your name and even your last name and how your, how the, all of that came to be. It was really, I mean, it's all just very powerful and the way you write is, is truly beautiful. So, it, you know, we just finished watching, not to keep talking about my kids, but we just finished watching Vivo. Have you seen this movie Vivo by Lin-Manuel Miranda? Yes. Yes, I have. And the, one of the main characters is from the Bronx. The girl, I forgot her name, but the actress is from the Bronx. So I was very excited about it. Anyway, continue. <laughs> it's possible Nicole Byer is from the Bronx. I don't know. I don't know. But it was written, well, actually, it was written by Chiara Allegria, who also wrote a really great book about being, you know, her Latinx heritage. So anyway, for your next anthology, you should tap into her. But all to say, this whole story takes place in Cuba but they call it Cuba. So I, when I was reading my kid's history, they, I was like, I have a whole story for you about Cuba. And so they were very excited about that too. So anyway, it's been all very timely. You should definitely go watch Vivo. It has some great songs and, you know, really captures how amazing a place and, you know, the culture and the vibrant colors and, and all of it, you know, as only an animated show can do, I guess. But, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Christina. Yeah. So I'm Christina. I'm Mexican-American. And I knew when Cerecia approached me about writing an essay that I wanted to write about two things. I knew I wanted to write about El Paso because it's just such an incredible, mystical, mystifying place. And I just never see it reflected in literature or just very, very infrequently, especially from people who actually are from there and were raised there. And I knew I wanted to write about ghosts. And so the essay started very different than how it ended up. I had a similar experience where I, Cerecia really, really pushed me to go deeper and to really search for, for those really tough emotions at the center of the story. And our phenomenal Flatiron editors, Caroline and Sarah also, were just so instrumental in, in pushing me to get to this place. And the essay is about a lot of things. It's about being Latina. It's about grief. It's about ghosts. And a lot of it is about how, you know, through my grief over losing my mother, I sort of came to a better understanding of who I was. And I think a lot of that had to do with me, you know, coming to an understanding about, you know, my identity and my cultural place in the world and finding that community. And so, you know, it's always tough when you sort of have these like big miraculous life moments because of something really terrible happening. But I always like to think of, you know, I'm a big Cheryl Strayed fan, and she always says that your sorrow is your superpower. And I think that that is something that has really been true in my life. And I really wanted to reflect that in a way that felt true to who I am and where I come from. And I know that the ghosts, is, it's sort of like a, 
it's not something that everyone gets. And I just grew up believing in ghosts. Like that was just like, it wasn't like a supernatural thing. It was just a thing. Like my, we were always talking about ghosts. My dad was always talking about, you know, seeing ghosts and, you know, trying to, you know, kind of erase that fear from the experience. And I think part of me coming to terms with my Latina identity was also coming to terms with letting go of that fear and sort of just embracing the unknown, embracing things that are messy, embracing ambiguity. And so that's sort of what I was trying to get at at my essay. I feel like there's a lot more that I could say there. (laughs) I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, I mean, I feel like anyone who's had an experience with a medium can like attest there's like almost, I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say it's undeniable that there's something else out there, but I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to say I'm not surprised. And I was very like hanging on every word because I do feel some people have this gift, right, of this connection that the rest of us don't necessarily have. And it's really magical. And I totally believe it. If, you know, I believe that you believe it, you know, I believe it happens to you. So reading about it was really interesting. And for Cheryl Strade's quote, another author I had on quoted someone else who now I can't even remember who that is, but the saying is God never wastes a pain, which I love because it's like gives everything sort of the sense of purpose, religion, notwithstanding, right? Just like the idea of it, that there's there was a reason somehow like there, you're not going to waste it or you're going to turn it into something beautiful or, or you don't have to or whatever. But you know, there was some sort of logic to it, which I don't know. I find comforting when it seems completely the opposite most of the time, but wow. So did all of you know, did any of the authors know each other or did you, were you like the party planner extraordinaire here? So you see, did you introduce everybody or is it mostly an email or I feel like you're establishing this whole community now. Yeah. So, you know, pre-pandemic, I I figured it would be really cool that I could probably meet up with some people and and chat through things. But of course, we were all writing through COVID, which was a very, very challenging 
time. And so, you know, I'm just so, I just want to commend all of the contributors for even having the mental capacity to, you know, dig into, for some of them, it was traumatic, right? So to dig into some traumatic memories, to write about them on paper during a global pandemic, you know, I'm, I'm just floored that we were even able to finish, you know, the, the anthology and like really bring the collection together. And so I personally had actually met every single writer at least once, except for Jasmine Mendez. So I've never met her in person, but, you know, she came highly recommended by Angie Cruz. I was already following her on social media. The Flatiron editors were also, you know, really big fans of her work. And I just, I read some of her other essays and I was just like, she's, she's perfect, you know? And so everyone else I had definitely had a connection with and just felt like, they're the right person to write this this particular thing. And so my process was to sort of, you know, give each of the contributors the same parameters. You know, we, I want to talk about myths. I want to talk about stereotypes. I want us to talk about, you know, colorism, anti-Blackness, whatever it is in the community, I want us to talk about it. I don't want you to bite your tongue. I want you to tell your truth. And so they they each were able to come up with their own pitches, right, to, to sort of figure out what they wanted to write. And then I met with folks either virtually or we communicated through email just to talk about like which ones I felt really moved me and felt like it would it would be in conversation with some of the other essays in the anthology. And then like Zakia and Christina said, you know, having that back and forth to say like, okay, this this is wonderful, but I think you got to make it a little bit more personal. So I need you to dig a little bit deeper because I think what's really special about this collection is these are lived experiences. It's not fictional stories. And, you know, there's nothing right now out there for young people that particularly is tackling something in this way. We have a ton of fictional stories and I love fiction, but there's just something about knowing like, oh, this is memoir. Like there's an actual Afro-Cuban in the world who experienced this thing that I am currently experiencing or, you know, Here's someone from El Paso who also has a connection to ghosts. And so I don't feel like I have to have shame in hiding that or feeling othered by it. Instead, you know, Christina has the courage to embrace it. I can find the courage to embrace it. It's it's just a different connection, I think, when it's when it's nonfiction. And so I deeply encouraged all of the writers to make sure that it was personal to them because, you know, it's what we were all hoping for when we were younger to see these experiences so that we know like, okay, I am, you know, enough, but just the way I am, whether I speak Spanish or Portuguese, or I don't, you know, I think about Natasha Diaz's poem and just how most Brazil people from Brazil are, you know, really sexualized or like, you know, are told they're sassy and and sassiness is also like, you know, a Latinx (laughs) stereotype as well. They're like, Oh, you're sassy. And like, we may joke in the community, like, yeah, I'm sassy. I'm fierce, but you know, it can be dangerous when other people outside of the community are classifying us with these turns and identifiers. And so her poem, I was just like, yes, like let them know, you know, like, (laughs) like, don't call me exotic. Don't call me this. It, It was just so deep 
deeply personal. And I think that was really special for me because I got to sort of take a peek into everyone's life and to learn a little bit more about their own experiences. And in a way, it sort of validated my own, you know, with with my own struggles of feeling like I said, I'm orbiting a world full of people of color, but I can still feel disconnected sometimes. And so reading and editing these wonderful essays just kind of made me feel like my my place in the world was a little more cemented. <laughs> and that's that's exactly what I want other people to feel when they read this book. And, you know, even if you're not from the community, I want them to think, like you said, you were reading to your children and they were like, oh, wait, you know, like, you know, Marco Shira had this experience at eight or nine. And so I want, that's great. Like I want them to think about those things because they're living that right now. You know, I'm sure they're going to school and, or they have friends that are asking them, well, why are you wearing your hair that way? Or why did your mom, you know, make this for lunch? And like, these things just come up and it's just so wonderful when we can arm young people with the, with the tools to answer these things. So they're not dumbfounded like me where I'm like, I don't know, what am I? Like, where am I from? I don't know. And like waiting for my cousin to answer it and then looking to her because she had, she just seemed to have all the answers for me. I was like, my prima, if she's saying I'm this, then that's what I am. She's right. And so, you know, I, I, I hope that people read this and, and they start to like really come in to embrace who they are and, and to also know that like, it's okay for you to feel disconnected. It's okay for you to still be figuring it out. I'm still figuring it out, you know? So yeah. Well, I think what you set out to do, you've totally accomplished. I am a huge essay lover and I actually produced two of my own anthologies also during COVID. And this one is like coming out soon. Moms don't have time to have kids. And, you know, it's about experience, not, this is more about like time starved, busy people, whatever, lots of different, it's not about identity so much as what's on our plates, right? Because there's lots of different identities represented in the book and in the first book. But that idea of like bringing together different people's experiences around a certain theme, I think is super important as we all sort of struggle with how to make our way through the world. And there's sort of nothing more powerful. I mean, you can take, you know, you could say something about the Latinx community in general, but when you get an inside peek into the lives of a few people, it changes everything, right? There is no descriptor that could possibly even try to describe an entire community or of any kind, right? And so anyway, and as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, it would be so neat if I could get like all the contributors for my two anthologies, which, and then all of your contributors. And then like, I interviewed Glory Edom and she wrote Well-Read Black Girl and she had all her contributors. And I've had like two other anthology authors that I could think of. Anyway, I feel like we need to have an anthology party where we have everybody. I love that. (laughs) Right. Because everybody's stories are so interesting and they're all right out there. And we're just all, everybody just connects on this level that's so much more important than everything else when you hear their story, I think. I mean. Absolutely. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah, Please let's do, do it post-COVID. So like, do, yeah. so like we can like mingle in person. I mean, I'm sort of wondering, is there a post-COVID at this point? But yeah, I'm thinking Very vaccinated <laughs> party or I'm not kidding. I, I like to do bring people together. So oh, please, I, I will be there. Okay. So I think we vaccinated have vaccinated to... party. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Okay. There we go. Amazing. Well, 
Thank you guys for coming on Moms No Time to Read Books. Thank you for being so open. And both of you, Christina and Zakia, for rewriting your essays and really digging deeper than you originally felt comfortable doing because the result was really great and memorable and poignant and just really wonderful. And thank you for helping me with my kids' bedtime night after night. That's the great thing about essays. You can read one a night and like, you know, it's, you're not trapped in a book with, you know, never ending whatever you get. Like, anyway, so I loved it. I'm so happy this book exists and I'm glad I read it and that I met all of you. So thank you. It was awesome. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thank us. you so much. All right. Okay. We'll take care and I'll send out a paperless post. I'm not even kidding. I will like coordinate with you at some point and maybe in the next, you know, 2022, we'll have a party. Sounds good to me. Okay. All right. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Take care. Thank Bye. You. Nice Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.